Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we've come to this moment to hear from you. We thank you, O oh God, for all that you are up to in our lives. And I pray that in these next few moments you will stand in my body and think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Uh, cause us to hear not only truth that will transform, but give us the mindset to move forward with healing and with, uh, with restoration and recovery and redemption. So Lord, in these next few moments, have your way. Glorify yourself. Move me out of the way and let us hear your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, listen, it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's the day before Valentine's Day. It's a part of Black History Month. There's a lot going on. We don't know for the next few days if, if war is going to break out in Europe. and we, we don't know, but we know that God is on the throne. Uh, and with that, I wanted to take some time on this February, uh, the day before Valentine's Day, not to focus on the Super Bowl, but to focus on our marriages in the house for the married folks uh, in who are part of refuge uh, single people don't be mad at me I got something for you next week uh, but I want to start with the married folks today and I want to deal with the power and the pain of married love and I want to do that from the book of the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs uh, now this the, let me give you the background to this and let me give you the disclaimer um, the disclaimer is I'm going to try to keep it as PG as possible, but I do want to give a warning to parents with uh, younger kids. Uh, you may want to uh, figure out how to help them work through some things, and I'll do my best not to say what I, I could say. Uh, the problem is the Bible doesn't, um, and so uh, you'll see as we read through uh, today's scripture that... Um, that, that it's, it's kind of racy. So I'm just telling you now, I'm not trying to offend. I'm not trying to uh, make anybody's kids get upset. So I, let me get, put that disclaimer out there. Now, the Song of Songs itself is an erotic love poem that talks about the virtues of love and marriage and even marital relations. I'll say it like that. Um, now, it's been allegorized throughout centuries by some as this relationship between Christ and the church. But again, that's over-spiritualizing it quite a bit. It's about married people. It's about what married love looks like. It's about um, the relationship between husband and wife. Uh, one of the key verses, as a matter of fact, of the Song of Songs is uh, in chapter 8, verse 6. It says that love is as strong as death. Uh, it, it's it's this it packs into this this story the the strength of what love can be not only as a feeling but as ongoing choices day to day because remember the biblical definition for love out of first Corinthians 13 is the giving of all that one is has or does for the positive benefit of another expecting nothing in return it's that unconditional love that has to be the the glue the driving force behind how we handle our marriages. Now, in the Song of Songs, again, there's three main characters. There's the Shulamite, who, or who's known as the lover or the beloved, your translation might say. She's the, this black woman who is the, the wife, who becomes the wife of Solomon. He is the young man, or he, he's referred to or, uh, in throughout the, the book of Song of Songs. Then you have some side characters that they're known as the Daughters of Jerusalem. This is kind of like in a in a play, you have the chorus, you have the rest of the cast that kind of gives some, some feedback and, and says some things on the side as the two main characters interact. 
Now, as you as the Song of Songs unfolds, you have the courtship between these two that starts off in chapter one, verse one, and runs through about uh, chapter three, verse five. Then you have the actual wedding that takes place in chapter three, verses six through eleven. Then you have the honeymoon, the honeymoon night um, that's in chapter four, verse one, all the way through chapter five, verse one. But now there's this gap between chapter five, verse one, and chapter five, verse two. Uh, some time has passed. Uh, this dark and lovely sister that Solomon have, have, have they've been married for some time now. Um, this takes place well after the wedding night and um, the shine has worn off. I'll say it like that. Let's pick up the story in Song of Songs chapter 5 verse 2 through verse 7. This is the, the Shulamite. This is the sister who is talking now. And she says uh, in the New Living Translation, I slept but my heart was awake. I'll explain that in a minute. She says, I, was, I slept, but my heart was awake. When I heard my lover knocking and calling, open to me my treasure, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. Um, there's a lot of double entendres in this, and I'll let you work them out on your own. She says in verse three, but I responded, I've taken off my robe. Should I get dressed again? I have washed my feet. Should I get them soiled? My lover tried to unlatch the door and my heart thrilled within me. I jumped up to open the door for my love and my hands were dripped with perfume. My fingers dripped with lovely myrrh as I pulled back the bolt. I opened it to my lover, but he was gone. My heart sank. I searched for him, but I could not find him anywhere. I called to him, but there was no reply. The night watchmen found me as they made their rounds. They beat and bruised me. They stripped off my veil, those watchmen on the walls. Now, this, this is going to make sense, but again, there, there's a lot going on. Uh, it, she says in chapter 5, verse 2, I was asleep, but my heart was awake. This indicates, this section seems to deal with a dream that she's having. Uh, it's, it's most likely a dream. This probably didn't happen uh, in reality, but in her head and in her spirit. It, it's a metaphor. This, this whole uh, passage is a metaphor with lots of double entendres that are there in the way things are said. I'm, I'm going to let you work out um, what the hands are, what the latches are, what the doors are, the, what, what it means to open. I'm going to let you work all of that out. Uh, but these verses are packed with a lot of drama and teach some important lessons about the relationship between a husband and wife. Because listen, the thing that you can learn as you watch this interaction between husband and wife in the wife's dream uh, is that small, thoughtless actions can cause big damage to a couple's connection. Small, not really thinking about it actions can cause big damage to your relationship. Now, the scene is set. She's at home waiting on him. They're waiting on this, this homecoming. He seems um, more excited about the homecoming than she is uh, because he comes to the knock on the door, supposedly, and she responds, uh, I've taken off my robe. I, I don't want to get dressed again. I've, I've washed my feet. I don't want to put them on the nasty floor and get them dirty. Um, obviously, <laughs> the shine has, has come off. The, the, the wedding and, and the relationship. Other things uh, have taken over and seem more important to the, the, the spouse uh, than greeting her husband. 
Um, there's this dramatic contrast as you read the Song of Songs between her eagerness to see her beloved in chapters 2 verses 8 through 11 and what looks like her apathy now in chapter 5 verses 2 through 8. Um, it, it seems as if, you know, there's that the, they're not connecting. There's, there's some indifference. There's some apathy. I don't know if she's at this point taking him for granted, but the, the initial delight has waned. Um, maybe uh, their their desires did not align at the same time. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't know. I can't speculate beyond what I see and what I can read and read between the lines in the text, but whether uh, she was playing too much at the wrong time uh, or whether she was sincerely annoyed or, or, or whether she was being indifferent and off-putting or maybe she just wasn't in the mood as she communicates to her beloved that she didn't want to uh, put herself out there to go and respond to him. What her spouse heard communicated a sense of rejection. Uh, she really does still really love him. You see that in verse four, her heart pounds at his voice, but she says some things and takes some actions and has an attitude that permeates what she says that communicates something else to her spouse. Because listen, without knowing it, we can put distance and we can cause hurt in our marriages and in our relationships, even when the physical intimacy continues or is undisturbed. Uh, the, the, the physical intimacy is not uh, uh, um, a sign that everything is wrong. If, if that that is if if that cuts off, then then something must be wrong. Sometimes that can go undisturbed and there still be issues. But now it wasn't just her fault. I don't want you to hear that. Uh, anytime there's a problem in any marriage, both people are the source of the problem. Uh, watch this. She says in verse six, I opened to my lover, but he was gone. Look at that phrase. He was gone. My heart sank. I searched for him, but could not find him anywhere. I called to him, but there was no reply. Now check this out. She says that, that my beloved was gone. Uh, the, the, his, he, he was present, but absent. Uh, he was there physically, bodily, he was present, but in his mind, he had detached. It, the, the emotionally, psychologically, she, he wasn't in the relationship. He wasn't there with her at the same time and at the same level she was. Now, whether it was because of her earlier rejection of him or whether there was some other issue or aspect in his life that was causing some kind of distraction, uh, something made him detach from his spouse watch this, even when he was physically present. We have to be careful in our marriages not to allow distractions or past hurt or unforgiveness or other obstacles to keep us from being present and loving and supporting our spouses. She, feel, she felt alone even when she was with him and around him. Uh, she expresses her pain and how damaged she is by her spouse's detachment through the imagery of verse seven that is is rather shocking to be honest with you to the, this picture of the guards beating her and and this uh, assault um physical and maybe even some other kind of assault it, it it's it's a picture because remember she's dreaming it doesn't really happen because it's not talked about and not dealt with in in their how they make up from this situation but it's a picture of her isolation even at the moment of them being together. Uh, it it's becomes an obstacle to their intimacy because while one is giving herself to her spouse, the other 
is there bodily, but isn't giving his mind, isn't giving his heart. Um, her, she needed love. She needed support. She wanted to be strengthened by his love, but she was experiencing pain instead of the pleasure that should come from being in relationship and connecting with her spouse because he decided to detach. He decided to, to uh, uh, allow this, this distance in their relationship, even though they were together. Um, and, and this symbolizes this story, this, this dream symbolizes some of the divisions that come up even in our relationships and our marriages. We've got to be careful uh, that what we communicate through small actions, through small words, that we either are communicating rejection or we're communicating some sense of abandoning and detaching from our spouses. We've got to work hard to not allow our own selfishness to cause and drive wedges in our relationship with our spouses. This is an example of some of the little foxes uh, that is talked about earlier in Song of Songs, uh, verse 2 and 15, where the, the, the advice is given to catch all the little foxes before they ruin the vineyard of love. It's not the big stuff sometimes that causes problems in our marriage. It's the little stuff. It's the little words. It's playing too much. It's, it's not being fully there. It's not fully being present at the time. It can cause distance and lapse. And if it continues, it can bear seeds of disintegration of our marriages. And, and so we've got to be careful. I want to caution us uh, who are married that this Valentine's Day, Let's give our spouses the gift of our focus, of our attention, to truly be present, to, to watch our words, to, to watch our selfishness, so that we can give our hearts fully to our spouses, because it's the giving of all that we are, have, and do, without worrying about whether or not they're gonna respond. That is true, unconditional love that we've got to show to our spouses. Uh, somebody might say, well, where, where is, the, where is the gospel in this? Where is Jesus in all this? Paul says that it's Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. In other words, the, the hope of things being better isn't so much from the outside. It's Jesus in us. Let's let the power of Jesus' unconditional love for us flow through us to heal the pain we may have caused and inflicted on our partners, on our spouses. Uh, let's be careful to make sure that we're not communicating one thing and then saying something else. Uh, it, you'll get that in a second. We, we've got to be careful to make sure that we're fully present with our spouses and that we're giving them all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our bodies so that we can work through the pain of love to achieve the real power of love because love can heal. The love of Jesus is healing us. The love of Jesus through us to our spouses can heal those distances and that pain and those issues that we have brought into our marriages, um, sometimes even accidentally. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, this little story, this little vignette uh, out of a dream in a love poem that reminds us of what we've got to do, what we've got to be cautious about. Uh, in our marriage relationships and even in our other relationships. Lord, I pray that you would teach us. Uh, David prayed, put a guard on my lips. Uh, keep us from saying the, the, the goofy and, and hurtful things that we sometimes think. Keep us, oh God, from being so distracted by things on the outside that we're not present and giving ourselves 
to our spouses and to our loved ones. I pray, oh God, that you would allow this Valentine's Day to be a super Sunday, to be a, a, a day where we make decisions to stop one thing and start new things, that you can heal and that you can bring about the power that comes when true unconditional love shows up in our relationships. We know you can do it because you're doing it through us. Your love heals us. Now allow us to take away our selfishness so that that love can flow through us and heal our marriages and our relationships. Lord, we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.